0: Hello everyone, it's Curtis Reitzel and Matt Reitzel with the Wealth Building with a Purpose show, the place where we talk about everything real estate, with a special focus on wealth building. Let's ride. I just want to about the investments... There's five of them. Number one is investing is complicated, and the truth behind the myth is that is investing is only as complicated as you make it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think overall you know, that when you get into an investment vehicle, whatever that investment vehicle is, there's going to be a lot of technical terms, there's going to be a lot of lingo that might be foreign to you as you get into whatever investment vehicle you're getting into. Um, I know real estate can definitely have a lot of, of lingo that can take some time to learn, I think overall though, I like to, tr- I I really tend to keep investing in real estate really simple. And I know we do. It's you're buying a property, you're renting it out to a great family, and over time it's potentially gonna appreciate, you're gonna pay down debt and it's gonna cash flow. And I, I really like to keep it that simple because investing, um, we make it complicated. Investing by definition um, isn't, isn't complicated, right? Like, I think us as humans, we like to make things in our mind a lot more complicated than it actually is, say, in real life. Because at the end of the day, I know I mean, like all the successful investors that we know, they make it really simple. They're providing housing, you know, they're putting money down on real estate, they're holding it for the long term, and they're buying great markets. Like, all that stuff to me is really simple. They're renting to great people, you know what I mean, so I think w- we make it up in our mind. We make stuff a lot more complicated as humans. I know I'm I'm I've definitely done that, <laughs> where I overcomplicate something, when at the end of the day,
0: it's not complicated, right? We make it complicated. Absolutely. Perfect. Okay, so the second myth is the best investments require knowledge that most people don't have, and. The truth is your best investments will always be in areas that you already know or could understand yeah I know if, and they're usually in areas you already know or understand mm-hmm. and I think this is so true investing in something that you don't understand is like taking a shot in the dark yeah and investing in something that you have at least a, a basic amount of competency around you can uh, eliminate all the risk and right You're just it's when when it's a vehicle that you don't know already, you're you're gonna run into issues, and it's not that you can't invest in that type of vehicle because you can learn it. It's just there's already going to be areas that you understand or have a, at least a basic amount of understanding in right. that you can then you know go into investing in that. 100%.
1: Yeah,
0: and I think I remember listening to a Warren Buffett interview
1: and just talking about a circle of competence. So whenever he has a potential business um, opportunities come to him and his team, where he's looking to potentially buy a business or you know buy into an investment, he always uh, he has a circle of competence. He knows all the industries that he understands, that he can make purchases in, that he gets, and everything else. Whether you know, regardless of if it looks like the best return on investment or the best business to get into or the best investment to buy. He just goes, nope, it's not in my circle of competence, I'll just walk by it. Because mm. he just knows what he knows and he sticks to it. And I think uh, we can learn something from Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you know? I think
0: it's like the, the lesson there is he's not, he's not looking to force anything to happen. Right, Right. that's a good point, yeah. He's just, he's, <clears throat> he's investing in, in a very basic way in just companies that he he knows and he understands them and he's not looking to, you know, make money off of, you know, when Bitcoin first came out. Right. It was just I don't think anybody really understood what was going on there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a few people. It's just sure. I didn't. So then this is a perfect example. That's not something that I should be investing in hmm. in Bitcoin. Just real estate makes sense because you can go out, you can touch and feel it, and then you get to leverage your money, you put 20% down on something and then somebody else pays off the rest. Yeah, like, That really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, To me it's very simple, right? Whereas Bitcoin, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? What's happening right now? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm sure just with a, a little bit of studying, you can yeah. for sure. you can wrap your head around that. And a lot of people have made a lot of money with it. So it's, it's again, it's not saying that any type of investment is right or wrong it's just where where do your core competencies lie already, right? And w- what are you interested in? Because if you're interested in it, you can learn about it. One hundred percent. I think one thing to touch on there, which I really enjoyed,
1: um, you know, that you said was, you know, like that's why a lot of in- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> that's why a lot of investors end up choosing real estate. That was a far near yeah, so. That's why a lot of investors end up choosing real estate because at the end of the day, it's a really simple investment, right? Like you said, you buy it, you put 20% down, you leverage the rest, you know, the tenant pays that off, you hold it for a long period of time, you build equity, you build cash flow. That makes sense. And that's why I think a lot of investors really like real estate as their vehicle to grow their wealth is because it's really simple to understand, right? And it's in their circle of competence, so investing myth number three Uh, investing is risky i'll lose my money the truth is investing by definition is not risky now the whole the whole idea of making an investment is minimizing your risk and maximizing your return so there's always going to be some element of risk when investing your money and at the end of the day, I think if you're systematic in your approach, you follow the right models and systems, I think that you can really take the majority of the risk out of the purchases that you make and the investments that you make and maximize the return. Because you stick to your circle of competence like we we're talking about before, you're now gonna be able to take a lot of the, the risk out of a potential purchase. Um, I don't think you can take all of the risk out of it, because I do think there's always gonna be an element of what if, you know, what if this happens, what if that happens, what if the market does this, there's always that to factor in. At the end of the day, it is what it is. You're always gonna have what ifs. The whole idea around it is taking as much of the risk out of every investment that you make, minimizing it to as low as you can, while maximizing your potential returns.
0: Yeah, and if you if you look up invest in the dictionary, this is what you'll find. Invest is to commit money or capital in order to gain a financial return. Notice that the word risk doesn't appear anywhere in that definition. That's we we make investing risky. Again on the on the bitcoin front, it's you get you get so excited everybody's doing it, you put some money in bitcoin and you don't really understand what you're getting into. Right. So you're actually creating your own risk there. And with with investing real estate, um, I think a lot of people are concerned with what the market's going to do. So right. what, like, what if the market crashes? And one, one way to really mitigate risk with investment real estate is getting getting a property for a great price. Right. You're you're making your money going into the deal. You're not buying a property for maybe more than what you think it's worth, and to, and hoping that appreciation's going to save you. Right. So. Uh, the, the way to reduce it with real estate is make your money going in. Yeah. You know, buy property for less, slightly less than market value if your market will entertain that right. and you can actually do that and then just follow the, follow the basic steps there and what, what was the quote in here? Yeah. Oh, I got the quote. One thing about real estate is that it's forgiving if you keep it
1: and I really like that because if you, if you end up, say, you get a little emotional, <laughs> you're, You're analyzing that property, and you you know you get like let's say there's another offer on the table, and you get emotional for whatever reason. um, I like the I like the the benefit of if if you end up holding that piece of real estate for a long period of time, whatever mistake you make, I'm not saying make mistakes. I'm just saying it can happen. Whatever mistakes you might have made in the long term, it kind of like in 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road, that mistake you made is, is the majority of the time it will be fixed. Because it, of it, it's the It's going road. to be corrected. It's okay. going to be corrected more than likely. And that's what I like about real estate is if, if you get emotional, which I'm not saying get emotional, if life happens, you make a mistake, you might, make, you might not have made the best purchase. Well, just hold it, continue to have that tenant pay rent and move on and you know,
0: reevaluated every year. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And we've had a couple, um, I know you had a client reach out recently who bought an investment property around two years ago and then now she's had some repairs to do on the property and there were some bigger expenses and she was like, I'm thinking about selling the investment property now. It's like, why? She's like, well, I'm I'm incurring all these expenses. And it's like, (laughs) are you looking at the full picture here? You've had like ten dollars or $15,000 worth of debt paid off and the property's worth 50000 more than when you bought it. Yeah. It's like you basically made, I remember we were crunching the numbers, it was like $75,000. Something like that, And yeah. you're talking at you know, needing to do some repairs. It's sometimes you lose focus on what's important. And yeah. then if she's gonna sell that property, it's like the whole point of buying it is so she can put her kids through school. Yeah. And if she that, just yeah. holds on to that property for another 20 years, it's gonna be paid off. Yeah. And then it's gonna be worth whatever it's worth, and there's your kids, like there's your whole kids' education, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And the and the cool thing about it, you know, and that in that story is, <clears throat> like, let's say she fast forward twenty years, and now her, you know her kid and our kids are going through school, and she's she's paying while well, she could sell it and then put all of her kids through school more than likely with that one property, and at the end of the day, what well, we probably will recommend at that time if it makes sense for her and, and if she can do it is refinance, pull out as much money as she can, put her kids through school with that refi money, put that mortgage against the property and then continue to hold it and have that and have that tenant continue to pay down that debt again. So now she put her kids through school and she has a free investment property. <laughs> like that's pretty cool, right? So uh, investing is risky, I'll lose my money uh, investing isn't risky uh,
0: by definition. So investing myth number four, successful investors can time the market. And in successful investing, the timing actually finds you. Yeah, I think the overall premise of this investing
1: myth is that uh, successful investors are in the market all the time. Mm-hmm. so they, So they never leave the market. They're always involved in some way, shape, or form so that whenever the right timing comes along, well, they're already there. <laughs> they're already making purchases, they're already in the game, so that now all of a sudden, uh, the market changes in whatever way, and now there's a new opportunity and whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're, they're already in the market. And a lot of times what we've seen is, you know, we look back like 10 years in the future, Okay, I mean, 10 years passed and we look back at that time in the market, and we say, man, you really, like, you really timed it. <laughs> you know, I mean, hear those stories, but, man, I mean, you know, I mean, you bought the, you know, the strip of townhouses, you know, for 200,000, and now they're worth four, man, you really timed the market. It's like, no. I just bought properties, and I was, I just bought good investment properties. Sometimes, the majority of the time, they bought them on market value, and now they look up in 10 years, and. They look like a hero. And at the end of the day, it's successful investing. Um,
0: successful investors are in the market all the time. Meaning they're staying on top of what values are doing, exactly. staying on top of their just certain types of properties that they're interested in, and right. knowing what values are, and knowing what the economics are doing, right? That, that's what you mean by that, Yeah. right? Yeah, and I think it's just, it's just an,
1: an important awareness because a lot of the times this is an excuse this is, this is somebody using this as an excuse when they see a really successful investor and they see all this wealth that somebody else has made and they say, man, I mean, like, they, they time the market and they use it as an excuse for why they, they haven't succeeded. Huh. And I think at the end of the day, uh, all these these successful investors we know, they're able to do it well because they, they were always in the market. Now, sometimes maybe they were more in purchases, they're more in purchase mode um, than other times. Maybe they were buying you no know, couple properties a year, and now they're only buying one every few years, whatever it looks like. They might be more you know, in a relaxed stage of their investing, just letting everything get paid down. At the end of the day, though, what we found is even the ones that are in a pretty relaxed state, meaning they have, say, five or 10 properties, 15 properties, and allow them to get paid down. A lot of those investors are still kind of, you know, checking out the market, seeing how many listings there are. They're still maybe checking out listings once a week. You know, I'm, you know, they get their inbox, they're still involved. So when the right time comes, they were able to go boom, jump right in, make some good purchases because they
0: never left the market. Generally, real estate is cyclical. You have to buy in a way that lets you afford for the cycles and you have to know where you are in the cycle so knowing where your real estate because it's all of course there's there's going to be seasons right Right. just like when in real estate sales more homes are going to sell in the summer less people move in the winter right that's just those are cycles naturally and then the real estate market as a whole also has its cycles as well so just knowing where you are in, in the cycle and staying on top of it that's, that's where successful investors are staying on, they're staying in that always.
1: Yeah, and I think too, it's a great point. And throughout life, we have cycles as well. So you know, we go through cycles where we're really happy, maybe we go through cycles where we're not as happy, we go through cycles where our family life is really good, and then all of a sudden it's not so good for a cycle. And then we don't, a lot of us don't look at investing as cycles as well. The market goes through cycles. Everything in life is going through cycles. We just need to be aware um, of, you know, relatively what cycle we're in, because when it comes to economics, I, I do think that it, it is tough sometimes to really get a grip on where we are and where we're going because it can be so fast changing sometimes. I think the overall premise is just have a relative idea of where you're at in the market and always be in the market so that when, you know, good opportunities come up, you're able to spot because you know value you can do the opportunity or you can sorry, you can spot the opportunity and then you can do the deal.
0: Right. <laughs> Number five, all the good investments are taken. And the truth is in every market, every time, it'll have its good share of good investments to be made. And I I guess it is kinda true, all the good investments will be taken, it's just by whom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a really yeah, that's a good point. And I think
1: markets changed in the video we did before you know we're talking about cycles and i think at the end of the day whether it's a buyer's market balance market seller's market wherever you're at in the in the market there's going to be opportunities maybe in a buyer's market um there might be more opportunities than in a seller's market and at the end of the day though in seller's markets there's still opportunities you might have to just do a little more digging you might have to go and let's say your criteria is 10 to 15 unit buildings, or maybe you might have to do a direct mailer to 10 to 15 unit buildings like in a seller's market because you're not able to find the opportunities on the market, so now you gotta go private. You have to reach out to them directly. You have to find and create those opportunities and you know that aren't available to the masses. And I think we just have to create opportunities and Every market, depending on where you're at, you might just look on MLS and see, oh, this is, there's just an abundance of opportunities. And what I've even found with that is a lot of the times when we're in more say, and let's say your market is more of a buyer's market, I've even seen investors say, well, there's too much. There's too much opportunity. I don't know what to do with all this opportunity. You know, like what if the market keeps going down or whatever, it's like, geez. So you complain when there's no opportunities. <laughs> Right? Like there's no opportunities when it's, you know, when the inventory tightens up or I'm over seller's market, you can plan that, man, you know, there's just not the opportunities there. And then when it's a buyer's market and there's all these opportunities, now all of a sudden it's, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait for the, like, I don't know if the market's gonna keep going down or whatnot, right? It's just very interesting human psychology and how we work. Um, But all the best investments are taken Every every market's gonna have its fair share of investments. It's
0: like you said, it's just who's gonna actually uh, find those opportunities. And sometimes it's a matter of just changing the way you're thinking about what a good investment is. Right. Because remember Jeff tells a really good story about being down in Florida teaching. Right. And he was teaching a bunch of realtors down in Florida and they were all saying all the investment opportunities are taken. Jeff was down talking about investment real estate. And one right. realtor put his hand up, he's like all the investment properties are taken. And Jeff's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, there's no more beachfront condos available, they're all taken, the The numbers don't make any sense anymore. Right. And Jeff was like, okay, could you buy um, a bungalow, and rent it out to a family and make some cash flow? And the realtor was like, yeah, you'd probably make like $500 a month. And he's like, okay, doesn't that sound like an opportunity? And he's like, the realtor was like, I've never even thought about that before. Right. So then they just started selling those type of properties as investment properties. and. In. Sometimes it can just be a slight switch in your mind as to what a good opportunity is. Right. And just, you know, and you're only gonna get that, I think, with kind of masterminding with other investors, too. And just figuring out, okay, this this type of investment opportunity isn't bringing me as many deals, right. so maybe I do need to expand my criteria a bit and look into other options. Right. And it might be right under your nose, just like the I, I example in Florida. I love I, I love that example, and I know, in uh, Kitchener
1: Waterloo, more so in Kitchener, one of the opportunities that kind of happened because of what the market was doing, and there wasn't, I guess we were more, I mean definitely more of a sellers market, but we were in a, a very intense sellers market, and at that time it was, and still now, it, it's tougher to find those opportunities. You do have to do more work, you have to be more proactive, right? And what we found is investors were now all of a sudden, a lot more investors were coming to us and saying, "Well, you know, I heard about this investment strategy where you buy a bungalow and you convert it to a duplex, and you get more cash flow that way. You have that built-in equity, and now all of a sudden we see more investors doing that sort of investment. They buy a bungalow that has the ability to be duplex. They make it to two separate legal units, and now they have they have more cash flow. And that's just looking at things differently because a lot." Not to say investors didn't do that before, because they did. It's just now investors are forced to, if they're looking to stay in a more competitive market, we have to now look at we have to change the way we look at things, and things we look at change. We have to now, it's like that beachfront example. We just have to say, well, you know, what if I did this over here? What if I bought a bungalow and converted to a duplex with a cash flow? Yeah, it would. Okay, cool. Let's run the numbers. Does it make sense? Well. You know, that's a cool way of looking at it. It's just, like you said, it's masterminding with agents. It's thinking about things differently, and um, it's just gonna open up your mind, right? So this is a really cool one.